Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, we have been in a series of messages that we have called Summer Sunday School, and we have been going back and looking at some of kind of the classic stories in the Old Testament. And we've looked at Adam and Eve. We looked at Noah, Abraham, Moses. Today, we're probably going to look at one of the most famous, one of the most well-known stories in all of Scripture. It's one that people often use these two names in ways, whether they're familiar with much of the Bible or not, Oftentimes, people are quick to talk about David and Goliath. Do you know the story of David and Goliath? And so as we talk about this story, you know, we've been using kind of this this old technology of a flannel graph board. If you grew up going to Sunday school, maybe you're familiar with how this used to work. We didn't have PowerPoint. We didn't have videos, but we had felt. And uh, so we would use this flannel graph board. Today, we're going to talk about David. Now, the Bible spends quite a bit of time talking about the life of David. You see it primarily in the books of 1st and 2nd Samuel, and we hear of his exploits and where David came from. And David kind of is known for several different things. One of the things that he's known for is that he was kind of the, the Bible's musician. He played the harp, and what we know is that he wrote many of the Psalms. There's 150 Psalms In the book of Psalms in Scripture, David wrote many of those, and he was a poet. He was a songwriter. He was, in many ways, we refer to him as being a worshiper. But where we first find out about David is that he was a shepherd. And we'll see that in this story, that he took care of his father's sheep. And this is where God did a lot in David's life. I feel like this is important for us to remember, that in his role as a shepherd, God worked out a lot of things that were in his life. In fact, the Bible tells us that there was a story one time when there was a bear who came and was gonna try to devour David's sheep And the Bible tells us that when the bear came, David was able to rescue his sheep from the paws of the bear. Not just a bear, but the Bible tells us the same story about a lion that came. And David was able to rescue his sheep from the bear and from the lion. He was what we would refer to as a good shepherd. Now, the the story we're going to look at today, though, is not so much the story of David as a shepherd. In fact, maybe we'll, we'll kind of take our attention off of David for a moment, and we'll look at some other characters that come into play in this story. See, during this time in Israel, there was a king in the land. His name was King Saul. Anybody ever heard of King Saul? And King Saul was the king of Israel. In fact, he was the very first king of Israel. He's the first one that they ever had. And at one point uh, in, in the story, this is in 1 Samuel 17, Saul had to call out his army, and he, he had an army of men, more than just those five guys, but you know, he had a whole army. We'll just, we'll just put five of them up there. And he called them out because they were facing another nation, the Philistines. And there's a lot of background that we can give on the Philistines. Many people believe that they were Grecian travelers who had come to settle on the coast of the Holy Land, and they were trying to take in more territory. They were trying to expand their territory, and in the process, they came up against the Israelites. Now, battle was unique in that time. You know, it wasn't just two armies that would go at each other. The way that they were accustomed to fighting in that part of the, the Grecian world at that time is you would send out someone who was a champion. You would have someone who was known to be a great fighter and that person would come out and then each side would send out a champion and they would fight each other in the place of the whole military going at it. This was a part of the, the battle structure or process at that time. And the champion that the Philistines sent out to fight against the Israelites 
was a guy known as Goliath. Anybody heard of Goliath? So this is, this is the story that we look at. And if you know the story, you know at one point what happens is Goliath for days and days and days challenges the Israelites, send someone out to fight me, send someone out to fight me, and no one will come out to fight him until one day what happens is David is sent by his father to go and to visit some of his brothers. Three of his brothers were a part of Saul's army. And when David goes out there to visit his brothers, they have this conversation. And you know how the story goes. At some point, even though Goliath was massive in size and he was a great warrior and he had this huge sword and all this armor, even though all those things, David said, I will fight Goliath. Here's a spoiler alert. Do you know who wins? David, right? This, this, is, this is the story that we look at in so many ways. And I want to look at this story that biblically it tells us it happened in the valley of Elah. And this story that happens in this valley so many years ago, I want to look at this story today to help us to learn some things about what to do when we face our own giants. Because here's the reality. For all of us, there will be times when we will come face to face with things that are bigger than we are. Like, and how do we handle those things? What do we do in those moments? Like, I, I look at this and I'm like, man, I want to be a champion in life in the same way that David was. When I face difficulties, when I face challenges, anybody ever faced a challenge and at the end said to yourself, I think I could have handled that better? Like, and so how do I grow in that? How do I learn that when I face a giant, let's call it, what do I do to become a champion? And there's all kinds of giants that we face. I think maybe one of the obvious ones is, there's so many things in the headlines right now that we see. But sometimes those giants that we face are in our health or in our finances. Sometimes they're in our home or our school. Maybe it's on the job. Maybe it's a challenge that you even are, are facing in your own mind. There's, there's things about your past or there's things you're facing in the future that you're struggling with. So if you want to be a champion, if you want to face your giant and find victory, how do you do that? Let me give you three questions that champions ask. This is what we're going to look at today from the, from the story of David and Goliath. I want to talk about three questions that champions ask. Here's the first one. Question number one, what do you see? Question number one, what do you see? Because what you're looking at, what you see is really important when you come face to face with a giant, with a challenge. So, so what do you see? So my, my question is, do you see the size of your enemy? Like, is that what you initially see? Is that what you're focused on? Is that, is that where your attention is? Do you see the size of your enemy? L listen to the size of Goliath. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs were bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. This was one literal giant of a man. Like when we look at his size, we, we believe that Goliath was probably like nine foot nine inches tall. Now there's some speculation, but no matter where it lands, he was a giant. His armor, and we, we don't necessarily understand all the weights with shekels and, and, and the different things that we read about there, but we believe that his, his armor weighed about 125 pounds. And when it speaks about the iron point on his spear, 
being 600 shekels, that's about 15 pounds. It was right there on the top of that spear. So what you are dealing with is a giant of a man who has giant weapons and who is much larger than any of his opponents. And so when you come face to face with the giant, when you come face to face with the challenge, the question you have to ask yourself is, what do you see there? What is it that you are looking at? And maybe I'd ask you, the giant that you're facing, like how, what's the size of it? Like, how big is that in your world? How difficult is it in your world, the giant that you are facing? Maybe even just kind of take a moment and consider the challenges that I'm up against in this moment, in this season. How big do they seem to me when I look just at them? Because the real question here is, do you see the size of your enemy or the strength of your God? Like, do you see the size of your enemy Or do you actually see the strength of your God? Look at what David actually saw. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 17 when he finally comes face to face with Goliath. And we'll see in just a moment how Goliath taunts him. This is what he says. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Did you see what he said here? He says, look, I I see you. I see your sword and your spear and your javelin, but I can one-up you on that because I come in the name of the Lord, who, who, by the way, you're talking bad about And I can tell you, no matter how much armor you have, no matter how tall you are, God's strength is greater than the size of you, my enemy. Isn't it all a matter of perspective? It's how you see it. Because how you see the size of your enemy will determine the faith and the strength and the courage that you have to go and face that thing. Any Star Wars fans? Anybody like Star Wars? Man, I can remember very clearly being a kid and going to the theaters and seeing the very first three, right? A New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I remember, I remember seeing those in the theater, and I can remember like watching on that screen and seeing the Death Star and saying to myself, that thing is massive. Watching Empire Strikes Back and watching the at-ats, anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're kind of making their way through the snow. Like, look at those monsters, those things. And then I did some research into the special effects. Anybody ever seen any of this? This is the Death Star right there. Like, it's, it's not even as big as this guy. Like, it's just, it's just a model right here, right? It's not that big. Didn't it look bigger on the screen? This next picture will put it in perspective. Look at this. That's an at-at. That's the dude right there. And you get the perspective that when you zoom right in, when you go straight into looking at it, it seems so huge and so massive. But watch me with this. When you put what seems so strong next to its creator, it's really not that big, is it? It puts it all in perspective to understand that when you look at what you're facing in perspective with its creator, it shows you the real size that no matter the size of your enemy, your God has so much more strength. Now look, what is your enemy that you're facing? Is there a virus? Yes. Are we facing difficult days? Yes. Do doctors give bad reports? Was that bill more than you thought it would be? Is today more difficult than you anticipated? All those things happen, don't they? And yet in the midst of all those things, we have to be reminded that none of those things are a surprise to our creator. It's all a matter of our perspective. I would challenge you the next time you come face to face with some giant, not just to look at how big it is, 
but to talk to your creator about it. Help him help you see it from a vantage point where you see it not just by the size of the challenge, but by the strength of your creator. I've noticed this when I read scripture, that when God's people come up against tough times, so many times he has to say to them, do you remember who I am? Like read the end of the book of Job and how God says to him, do you remember what I've done? Do you remember who I am? Do you remember how I created everything? When your giant seems big, look to the God who is bigger because that will give you a perspective in the midst of facing your giants. First question is, what do you see? Here's the second question. Number two, what do you hear? Number two, what do you hear? Do you hear the voices in your head? Like when, when it comes time when you're facing a giant, what is it that you're hearing? And I challenge you to, to start by thinking, are you hearing the voices in your head? Look, we are surrounded by a barrage of noises right now. News, social media, family, our bosses, our teachers, there's facts, there's figures, there's the past, there's our future, there's even our own voice that we hear in our heads. And I thought about this, what were the voices that David was hearing during this season of time? Well, let's start over here, because as David, and if, you've, if you're familiar with the story, as David comes up on the battlefield, he encounters some, some groups of people, and at some point, one of his brothers, who's there fighting, happens to hear David asking questions. David's like, who's this, who's this Goliath guy, and what's it all about? And, and, the, and if somebody takes him out, what do they get? And listen to what his brother said. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 28. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men... He burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave? Watch this. With whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Sounds like an older brother, doesn't it? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Do you feel that tension that's there? And some of you may have heard that voice. Because sometimes when you come face to face with the challenge, you hear this voice. My, my question is, do you hear the voice of criticism? When people just kind of come at you, when people kind of attack you, sometimes it, it is family. Sometimes it's those closest to us. And there's these times when these voices of criticism come in. It's not the only voice that David heard. Here's, here's another one. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 33. Now we go from his brother to the king himself. And in 1 Samuel 17, 33, Saul replies to David because David's saying, hey, bring it. I'll, I'll take on the giant. And Saul says, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. Sometimes we hear the voice of criticism. I'd ask, do you hear the voices of inadequacy? To say, hey, you can't do that. You're not able to do that. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You're never gonna make it. And those voices sometimes come from people that we've heard them. Sometimes they come from ourselves. Sometimes I believe that they're, they're, they're the ultimate source is because the enemy wants to try to get you to believe that you're not able to do what God's called you to do. And those aren't the only voices that David hears in this story. He hears the voice of his brother. He hears the voice of the king. And then ultimately, when he comes face to face with the enemy, Goliath says this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 43. Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. It's a fine greeting, isn't it? 
And what we find here is that David now is face to face, not just with criticism and inadequacy. I mean, he's literally coming face to face with the voice of heat fear. Do you ever hear the voices of fear? Where you're just kind of face to face with the fact that there is something bigger. And it says, I will take care of you. I will defeat you. So when those voices come, those voices that can be in our head, what do you do when you face that giant? Do you hear the voices in your head or the words of the Lord? Because there's a difference between the two, isn't there? And you have to decide, what am I going to listen to? Those voices in my head that are there from the, the conflict or the challenge or the world around me, or do I listen to the words of the Lord? Here's what David says to Goliath. Goliath says, what am I, a dog? Come on, bring it, kid, and I will feed you to the beasts and to the birds. And instead, David says this, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 46. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. Do you see how he turned that on him? And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Like David turns this thing and he says, look, I don't have to listen to all those other voices because I know the voice I listen to is the voice of the one who is going to help me defeat this giant. David knew what God had said, that David was God's child, that God was with him, and that God was bigger than the enemy. To the point that later in life, as David is a psalmist, remember he's writing these songs in Psalm 32, verse 7, David says this, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Like when you're face to face with your giant, I think it's important that you find ways to allow God to surround you with songs of deliverance, that you're hearing his word that you're listening to songs that are gonna build you up and strengthen you, and even more importantly, that you find scriptures, truths from God's word that you can hold on to in those moments and be surrounded with those songs of deliverance. For us today, Paul says it this way, Romans chapter eight, verse 37. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I would propose to you that every one of those things that Paul lists there is a voice that gets in our head. And at some point, I have to be willing to say, no matter what all those things bring or say, at some point, I have to remember that I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. And decide, am I going to listen to the voices in my head or to the word of God? And have you ever found that sometimes you just have to find a way to shut down the voices in your head? you got to go. You, you can't totally avoid them. You can't totally ignore them. But when they come, how do I tune them out? I read a story recently about a young lady. Her name is Lindsay Tucker. She's 25 years old. And she noticed that her cell phone was getting all these text messages and phone calls that weren't for her. Strange name. Finally, she says to her mom, Mom, have you ever heard of a guy named Elon Musk? Anybody ever heard of Elon Musk? Founder of Tesla and SpaceX? Well, at one point, Musk had the number that is now on Lindsay's phone. So if you search the internet for Elon Musk's phone number, you get Lindsay's phone number. 
The reason I know this is because the guy who wrote this article was trying to get a hold of Elon Musk and instead got this girl. And so at least three times a day, she's getting a phone call or a text message for this guy who can often be quite controversial. And when he does something outrageous, her phone just blows up. She got a message from a woman who volunteered to go to space. Someone sent her the blueprint for a bionic arm. She got an order for over a 1,000 new electric trucks, and the IRS called her about a complicated tax issue, and it took her a long time to convince them that she was not him. Now, I read this article, and I kind of chuckled, and I kind of was concerned for her, and I kind of had all these thoughts, and then finally it struck me, as she's kind of complaining about getting all these messages, change your number, (laughs) right? Isn't that what she could do? If you don't want to hear all these distractions, if you don't want to get bugged all this, if you don't want to have this issue, you know what you could do. You could do something to not hear those voices. And at some point, there are moments when I have to go, look, I'm going to listen to the voice of criticism, but if it's not helpful, I'm not going to hear it. I'm going to have to shut that down. And when the voice of inadequacy comes in, I've got to be willing to say, I'm going to listen to what my God is going to say and move past that. Sometimes, and I would challenge you with this, in a noisy world, listen for the voice of the Lord and hear what he has to say in his word, by his spirit, in the noisy world in which we live. Listen for the voice of the Lord. Which takes us to our last question, the third one that we kind of see that champions ask in this story. What do you see? What do you hear? And the last one, what do you have? So many times when we come face to face with challenges or giants, we say, well, I, I don't know that I have what it takes. I don't know that I can do this. My question is, do you have limited resource? Like, is that what you see when you come face to face with that challenge? You just say, oh, I see everything I don't have. Do you remember what Saul said to David? Chapter 17, verse 33, Saul says, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. And then even when he does give David permission to fight, he tries to get him all suited up in Saul's armor, which David isn't used to fighting in. It's actually going to hurt him more than it's going to help him. So many times we find ourselves in a place where we feel like we are, I think David was here, if you look at this, outmatched, that we don't have the resource that we need. In fact, far too many times I think when God puts something in our heart, when he calls us to a a moment of obedience or when he stretches us in some way, we're far too quick to say no before we say yes. Instead of saying, yes, God, I'll be obedient or yes, God, I'll trust you, we're quick to go, oh no, God, that's not gonna work. Have you seen me? Do you know what I have? God, I can't do that. What if we were to change that and find a way to say yes before we say no? What if we would say, God, I don't don't have what it takes, but I trust you. Look, here's the question you have to ask. Do you have limited resource or everything you need? Which one do you have? Do you have limited resource or everything you need? See, look, everybody in that Israelite army felt as if they did not have what they needed. They felt like they couldn't do it. They all said no. In fact, what's interesting, do you know who really should have fought Goliath? King Saul. Like, that was his role. That was his obligation. And yet he's like, no, I'm I'm not getting, no. Hey, anybody want to do it for me kind of thing? And here's the deal. They were so quick to say no because of what they felt they did not have. And yet what if you choose to say yes? 
Saul says to David, David, you, you can't do this. You're just a young man. And look, look at that guy. Here's what David says. Watch this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your serv- I love this verse. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. He says, look, King Saul, I, I may look like not much, but there was this bear. I cleaned its clock. And there was this lion, and I did it in. We, we know from Scripture that David's weapon of choice was a, was a sling, and oftentimes we, we, we think maybe like a slingshot, like that you'd pull back with a rubber band and release, but this was, this was more kind of like a leather strap that you'd put a stone in, and then you would, you would whip it around, and then you would let that go. And we always think like a little pebble that hits Goliath right between the headlights when actually, and, and I, just, I just saw one and held one when we were in Israel earlier this year. It's about the size of a baseball. It was this round stone that they would find in the brook, and it was about the size of a baseball. Princeton University did a study back in 2015 because they wanted to see just how fast might that stone have gone. And they said they spent like a whole summer, and they practiced and they trained, and they thought if someone had been working with a weapon like this, and they know from archaeology what that weapon kind of looked like, its length, its material, how it was built, when they recreated those things, took those kinds of stones, they spent a summer having people literally just kind of practice and practice, see what they could do. At the end, what they figured is if someone had done that their whole life, when that stone left the sling, it would likely travel at 190 to 195 miles an hour so you imagine getting that right between the headlights no wonder Goliath fell in that moment and see Goliath's out there and he's got his sword and he's got his armor and he's got all those things but he is heavy weighed down he cannot move fast he's standing there David has not only agility but he's able to get him from a distance with this very powerful weapon when you see it in that way you realize that Goliath brought a knife to a gunfight Like we look at David as the underdog in this thing when actually God had been preparing David since his youth to be the favorite in this competition. Does that make sense? Because the Bible tells us that when the stone hits Goliath, Goliath gets knocked down, David comes over and he takes care of him with the sword and he shows everyone how to get ahead. Sorry. No, I'm not. But, the, but, but think about this for a minute. Okay, think about this. How many days was David out in the nowhere, wilderness really, with just those few sheep that his brother talked about? How much time did David spend out there all by himself, probably finding stones and taking that sling and just whirling them, practicing, honing his skills, getting better at that? No one ever knew about it. No one ever saw it. It was boring. It was monotonous. It was routine. It was looked down upon. But do you recognize that every day when he was out there being a shepherd, God was preparing him for someday when he would be a champion? And he was getting him ready that whole time. God is working through the everyday to equip you for the someday. Like, and there's going to be someday that something is going to come face to face. You're going to be right that 
in your face, and you're gonna be able to say, God, in those moments when I didn't think anything was happening, you were doing everything to prepare me for where we are at right now. Now, I don't know what you're up against, and I don't know what you're facing or what that giant is, but know this, when you are faithful to shepherd what you have, God is preparing you for the victory that he has ahead for you to be a mighty warrior someday. So don't, don't neglect those things. Don't miss those things. Ask yourself these questions. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I have? Because God has been preparing me for this very moment to which you say, but Chad, you do not know the giant I'm facing today. Like you don't know the challenges that I have right now. You don't know the things that I'm up against. I mean, these are crazy times and I'm not a young warrior like David anymore. Or this one's different from times in the past. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen victory before, but this one's different. And this, this time the giant just keeps coming for me. This time it feels like I'm trapped with no way out. This time I didn't go looking for this one. I didn't volunteer to fight in this battle. This one just seemed to find me. What do you do if, yeah, you go, yeah, I, I, know, that, uh, <laughs> I know that God can help us. And I've seen him help me in the past. But I don't know that I have another fight in me. I don't know that I'm ready for this one. David defeats Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Then you fast forward a few more chapters, a few more years, and if you know the story, David ends up being a part of Saul's court, and he, he, he marries Saul's daughter, and then there becomes this real jealousy that Saul has for David. And King Saul makes it very clear, I'm gonna find David, and I'm gonna kill him. And David runs for his life. It's one thing to go toe-to-toe with a giant. It's another thing when a king that's a madman comes after you with an army. And you're trying to figure out, what do I do? How do I fight this? How do I get past this this spot, this, this place? Where do I find victory in this time? And David is literally being hunted down. And that's when we get to 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. Now, most of the time, we'll just read right through this in the scripture and we'll miss it. It says that David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Remember that, the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. So David finds himself literally hiding out in a cave with Saul and the armies trying to come after him. What's interesting is we we don't necessarily know this, but the cave of Adullam is in a general region where if you were to stand in the the mouth of this cave and you were to look out, what you would see, I'll show you a picture because we stood in that general area just earlier in March, he would have seen this valley that's right here because somewhere in this valley, which is called the Valley of Elah, do you remember us mentioning that earlier? Somewhere in this valley is where David fought Goliath. And so I think it's really interesting and isn't it just like God that when David was at one of his very lowest moments trapped in a cave because a madman king was coming after him that every day while he was there hiding out he could stand at the mouth of that cave and he could look out and God said David I know it's tough right now but do you remember what I did right there do you remember when you came face to face with your giant and I did not fail you so don't think I'm going to fail you now because you are standing in the place of victory even in the midst of your difficulty, even in the midst of the hard times, you are already standing in the place of victory. I was faithful there in the past and I will be faithful there in the future. You can trust me this right now because remember what you said, David, the battle does not belong to us. It's not the size of the spear or the sword. It is my battle. The battle is the Lord's. And know this, the God who was faithful in the past will be faithful in the future. 
And I love how God brings this story full circle from a young man who fights a giant to a broken man who's fighting his future. And God says, David, you are still standing right here in the place of victory. I have never left you and I will not fail you. There's a powerful story. There's a powerful principle for us in this, that the battle is the Lord's. So I'm gonna invite you to, to stand with me for a moment, if you would please, if you're in the room. If you're watching online, we'd invite you just to kind of dial in with us here for just one more moment. And I'm going to invite you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Because I want you just to be able to focus on you and God in this moment. And I want you to just maybe ask yourself a question. Am I facing a giant right now? Like, and maybe even call it out. Like, what's, what's the battle that you're facing? What's the challenge that you're up against? In this moment, where do you find yourself? And I would ask you to consider... Are you facing a giant right now? And if you would say, God, I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm up against this challenge. And sometimes all I see is how big it is. And sometimes all I hear are the voices in my head. And sometimes it just seems like I don't have much to offer. But God, it's good for me to know that you were faithful in the past, that you'll be faithful in the future, and that I'm standing right now in the place of victory as I trust in you. If you would say, God, I need you to help me face this giant, would you just raise your hand right where, right where you are? Whether you're watching this online, you're sitting at home, maybe you're here in this room, that you would just raise a hand and say, God, I need you to help me as I face this challenge. God, I need you to help me as I fight this battle. Lord, I need you to step in in this moment. In just a moment, Pastor Ben on the team are gonna lead us in a song that's gonna talk about how we we fight our battles, what we do, how we look to the Lord. And I want to encourage you that you would, as we sing this song, that you would take this battle to the Lord. Father, in this moment, we look to you. And God, we know that we can put our trust and our confidence in you. And that, Lord, as we come and face this giant, as we fight this battle, we know that it's not by our strength or our might or our ability, but that the battle is the Lord's. And so as we sing this song, as we stand on your promises, Lord, we put our life in your hands. God, we trust you in this moment. We declare that no matter what we're facing, that the battle is the Lord's. And we say this, we proclaim this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this affirmation and put our lives in his hands. This is how I find my battles. And this is how I find my battles. Oh, this is how I find my battle. And this is how I find my battle. And this is how I find my battle. Oh, this is how I find my battle. And this is how I Want to and this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I.
presence. Lord, you know the battles that we are fighting. God, you know the things that we're up against. And Lord, I pray for the one that feels weary here today. God, the one who's in this room or the one who's watching this online and in this moment, they wonder, do I have the strength to fight this battle? Am I able to be victorious in this situation? What do I do when I feel like I can't do it or people tell me I'm not able? That in these moments, we would hear your voice, that we would see your strength and realize you already have us standing in a place of victory as we trust in you, as we look to you, as we place our confidence in you. May we not fight our battles on our own, but may we remember that the battle is the Lord's. One more time, can we sing that? Let's make that our prayer. God, this is how we fight our battles. Thank you, Lord. Come on, surround us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Believe that with us. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded. This is hell. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, this is how I. Lord, we thank you that we don't have to face these giants. We don't have to fight these battles on our own but that you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. So God, may the words of this classic story, Holy Spirit, would you make them alive and fresh in our lives this week? Would you do something powerful in our hearts that when we face these struggles, we would be reminded that the battle is the Lord's. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We ask that you would bless us with your special favor and with your wonderful peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.